My husband and I went camping for the first time ever in Arizona as part of our long trip out west. I had picked out this really cool place that was on a mountain overlooking a beautiful landscape. It's next to a cliff and in a really isolated location. I'm talking like 20 miles out on gravel roads in the middle of a national forest. So we get there and set up our tent and hike a little bit and take pictures of the surrounding area. We see a few cars parked around two tents and decide to stop and talk to the other campers nearby because we had heard that there was going to be a bad storm that night. These were four guys who were from Arizona and they told us not to worry and that the storm didn't get that terrible around this area. That was all the persuading that we needed to stay. Later on, while walking a bit further down the campsite, we see a woman with her dog and another older lady. We smile and wave and continue to hike down a bit further into the forest. Because of the storm, we are one among maybe a total of seven campers that decided to stay and withstand the night. We watch the sunset when we get back to our site, make sure our car is only a few yards away, and go into our tent when it gets too dark to see. There are no stars tonight, due to the storm clouds, and it hasn't began to rain yet, so we decide to try to sleep right away so we could possibly sleep through the storm when it does hit. It's an insanely windy night, so it's hard to sleep, but eventually we get a bit of shut-eye. I wake up at 10.30 p.m. to the sound of some crazy thunder rolling through the mountains and the rain hitting down on our tent. I'm a little freaked out because they get a lot of flash floods out here and I didn't want to fall off the side of the cliff. But I tell myself to try to sleep and eventually I doze off again. It's 12 a.m. and I awake again, this time because I hear something heavy hitting the side of our tent. It full-on sounded like someone could have been punching our tent and sliding something down the side of it. I open my eyes and I can't see anything. It's completely dark, no light whatsoever. The sound continues every couple of minutes. Suddenly, I hear footsteps right next to my side of the tent. They are slow, but steady. I seriously start thinking about how this is it, and I'm going to die. My heart is beating so fast that I'm certain that whatever is out there can hear it. Then, whatever it is, lets out a deep sigh right on the opposite side of the tent. I'm thinking it's a bear and realizing that I might actually have to face this thing. So in a desperate call for my husband's mind-reading powers, I squeeze his hand really hard repetitively and he wakes up. But instead of reading my mind, he blurts out, What's wrong? Why are you squeezing my hand? Right as he says this, the footsteps stop. I don't hear the footsteps again. So after a while, I break out of my frozen state and tell him what I heard. We decided it may have been an animal passing by. But whatever is hitting our tent continues every so often, and I'm starting to go a little insane from this night wondering what's going on. We convince ourselves that it's just pine needles falling from the trees above us, and we try to sleep again. We just need to make it through one night, then we can laugh about this all in the morning. 
A couple of minutes go by, and suddenly, the tent caves in on my husband's side, right on his head. He whispers that it feels like something is pushing the tent down. I feel my heart instantly sink. I'm freaking out, thinking it's a bear that just sat on his head, but he decides to push back, and we hear the familiar noise of something sliding off of our tent that we've been hearing for the past few hours. We then realize that it's been snowing outside and that the noise that we heard hitting our tent was heavy ice falling from the trees onto our tent. Our tent is covered in thick ice and my husband pushes off the tent from the inside until all of the ice slides off. Still determined to make it through the night and a little relieved that it was just ice and not a bear, we try to sleep and make it to sunrise. We keep on a small light that my husband, luckily, brought with him, just to calm us down a little. Things are starting to seem normal again, and we both close our eyes. It's 3 a.m. at this point, not even 30 minutes after we are settling down, and my literal worst nightmare happens. Out of the pitch black night, we hear a woman screaming. We distinctly hear her say, what the hell? Oh my god, what the hell? Followed by some other non-tangible words that sound something like help. The way that she screams doesn't sound like anger. It sounds like pure terror and a sense of panic. My husband and I are both frozen, looking at each other. I quickly shut off our light and start panicking and asking what we should do. How is this really happening right now? While we are trying to decide what to do for the next few minutes, we hear her again, but this time she is screaming, No, 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 as we hear a car speed off into the night. I'm in tears at this point. We have no idea what's happening. It's dead silent now, save for the icy rain hitting our tent. It definitely sounded like she wasn't in the car, but more like she was desperately yelling after it or begging not to be hurt. And this, this was the breaking point. Because I could take the bad weather, I could take the possible bear outside my tent, I could even take the ice falling on our heads in one of the warmest states in America. But one thing I cannot and will not ever be able to handle is a screaming person in the middle of pitch black woods at 3 a.m., we decide to get out of there and even contemplate leaving our tent and booking it to our car. But instead, we try to stay level-headed and grab our valuables and put them in the car first. We frantically gather all of our things and stay close as we shuffle to our car. I close the door and keep the lights off for a while, scared to attract any unwelcome visitors. And while my husband goes back to grab the tent, I start the car and call 911. I tell them what I heard and where we are, and they say that they're sending someone to the campsite to make sure everything is okay. Only thing is, we are literally in the middle of nowhere, and it will definitely take them more than an hour to arrive. Not to mention, the storm left those gravel roads in some pretty terrible conditions. So my husband and I decide to start driving. It's like 3.30 a.m. now. As we drive out of the campsite, my husband notices one last eerie detail that stuck with me. The four guys that we had talked to earlier 
had left. All three of their cars were gone, while their tents remained. Whatever scared them off, they sure left in a hurry. It was only after we started driving that the thought occurred to me, whatever was walking next to my tent may not have been an animal. It very well could have been someone lurking around in the dark who decided to go after the girl we had previously seen on our hike. I'm not quite sure what went down on that lone mountain that night, and I hope that everyone got out okay. I called the police department back to follow up, and was told that the cops searched the area for a few hours and talked with a few people who were still there, but didn't find anything. I had spent the better part of a week camping in the desert and stopped at the Taco Bell in Kayenta, Arizona on my way back to southern Utah, where I lived at the time. When I sat down, an older man with a limp walked over and asked if he could join me. I felt a little strange about it, but I hadn't spoken to anyone in days and could use some conversation. He opened up to me, told me a little bit about his past on the Navajo reservation, his estranged family, some verses from the Bible, he was a Christian convert, and how a local pastor at a church had been helping him to get back on his feet. I was unsure if he was evangelizing or maybe wanting some cash or something else completely. I'm still unsure, in fact. Then his story turned dark. He started talking about seeing ghosts and how he had been possessed by a demon twice. Maybe he still was. He wanted to show me videos on his phone of one of the spirits in his house. I watched a blurry streak of color that appeared in the middle of the kitchen on his phone but it looked like there was a filter applied to the video, and it could have just been some sort of reflection or interference. I was unconvinced, but there was a feeling of uneasiness settling into my stomach. The story continued for a while, until I told him I had to be headed home, when he asked me for a ride to his house around the block. He had a limp, and it took him 20 minutes to walk home in the cold, but it would only be a three-minute drive. Again, very uneasy, but I said yes. I mean, after hearing his story and the hurt and struggle in his voice, I felt compelled to at least help him in this small way. He expressed a lot of gratitude when I said yes. He directed me down the main road, away from the business strip in Kayenta, toward a very dark block of scattered homes and open desert. The uneasiness turned into dread, and I kept asking him over and over where his house is, and he would just say, It's right up there. The thought that he may have a weapon crossed my mind as we were heading farther away from traffic, lights, and people around the main strip of town. We entered what looked like a run-down, abandoned subdivision of very small homes with the occasional working streetlight. I didn't see a single sign of occupancy, no lights in the houses, no cars in the driveway, until two silhouettes of men seemingly appeared from nowhere and walked across the street in front of me, only to disappear again. I was terrified as I asked him again where his house was. He sensed my uneasiness and assured me it was just around the corner. Sure enough, 
We turned the corner, and there was a little house, same as all the others, with a light on inside. I could let him get out here, he said, and he thanked me and said God bless you, and walked to the front door of the house that was supposedly occupied by spirits. It was a bizarre encounter, and I just have this feeling, even now, that I met this man for a reason that I don't understand. I've questioned whether or not the man actually existed, or if I imagined him. In any case, I felt these feelings of unease, dread, sympathy, and anxiety that I have never experienced in the same way. This happened this morning around 1.30 or 2 a.m. in a large park on the edge of a Phoenix, Arizona suburb. I'm not too familiar with skinwalkers, I'll admit. I have heard them by virtue of growing up in the desert, as well as a casual fascination with spooky stories. This morning, I was meeting up with an old friend from high school around 1 a.m. at a nearby park to booze and catch up on life while walking around the field. We heard a loud, repetitive noise coming from the park that I assumed to be a coyote, but it didn't stop. It almost sounded like a soundbite of a child wailing, but choppily and perfectly repeated. The noise had a sort of mechanical element to it, if that makes sense. We would hear it for intervals of about 10 seconds, then it would stop for a few, and then start again. We were both immediately perturbed and headed back for the car to hang out in the parking lot close by. As we walked away toward the car, however, the noise ceased. Unfortunately, when we arrived at the parking lot, my friend realized he had forgotten his phone somewhere in the field where we had heard that strange, loud noise. We drove back and ran to go pick up the phone and found it. But when we entered the park, the noise started again, but this time from a different corner of the park. Naturally, we bolted out of there, and the rest of the night was fine. <laughs> 